0: i
1: Ghoulish day, my wraiths and goblins. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes, as always, are courtesy of my good friend, Bobby Mackey, and I'm, of course, your host, Tessa Morrow. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm traveling and I see, like, an old dilapidated building, long since abandoned, mind you, I often wonder what it was like during its heyday. Who lived there? Who died there? The history, the ghosts, the secrets hidden within the walls, and sometimes the ground. Today, we head back to California, where we already hit up the Cecil Hotel and Point Sur Lighthouse. This adventure takes us to Hollydell Insane Asylum. It first opened its doors in 1888 as the County Poor Farm, but it would change names several times throughout the years and has been known also as the following. Rancho Los Amigos Hospital, Rancho Los Amigos Medical Center, Downey Insane Asylum, and Sunny Acres. Now, in December of 1888, the first residents to arrive here came via horse-drawn carriage. A U-shaped building with a courtyard down below, the females being in the north wing and the males were in the south. In the 1890s, the population grew from 125 to over 200 people. And by 1910, it grew from 124 acres to 400 acres. In 1931, they renamed the joint as Sunny Acres. At first glance, the place might be thought a comfortable old-fashioned country mansion. In the same article, they also mention how the hottest, newest addition of buildings is the insane ward. It was more than just an asylum. It had everything you could think of. A library, fully loaded with hundreds of books for those who were fortunate enough to know how to read, a full-on functioning farm, their own post office, the superintendent mansion, a World War II base, Camp Morrow, no relation, an aviary, and even a miniature zoo, a rail line, and so much more. They also had entire wards dedicated to victims of tuberculosis and polio, even having iron lungs to help them breathe. Also, it was home for the homeless and drunks who needed a place to detox and sober the hell up, often staying for a few weeks and learning responsibilities by working on the farm. They saw flood damage in the 1920s and started renovating and rebuilding what we see today, the beautiful Spanish colonial revival buildings. In 1932, they changed the name once again to Ranchos Los Amigos. They offer physical and occupational therapy, woodworking, weaving, other fun craft-like projects, swimming, and so many other activities to do. These projects were thought to help, with the healing process for some of the people. One man was severely crippled in his left hand and entire arm. The therapist put a sanding block in the injured hand and a request that he sand furniture. Well, after some time goes by, he's doing it by himself. He sees a huge difference. It actually exercised his muscles and he gained some use back. I mean, seriously, who would have thought it? Another patient, a polio victim, learns how to paint after wielding an artist's paintbrush between her teeth after 10 years of recovery. It's neat hearing stories like these, you know, these people that are overcoming their illnesses and disabilities, doing things that they didn't think was actually possible. Things are going decent here until March 10th, 1933, when a 6.4 magnitude earthquake comes Rumbling through. The aftermath is horrendous. It will kill 120 people and it cost $50 million in damages. That's over $1 billion today. After this tragic event, several of the residents flood the county supervisor Roger Jessup's office. They desperately plead for funds to improve the place that they call home. They share stories, horrible ones, of the living conditions. Well, it was so disturbing that Jessup's secretary, a woman named Grace Wagner, becomes uncontrollably hysterical and she commits suicide by leaping to her death, running and jumping out the window, plummeting to her death. During World War II, the U.S. Army comes and converts part of the hospital grounds into what's known as Camp Mara. It also operates as a hospital the war is over, there's no need or use for Camp Morrow, so it's converted back to a long-term care facility for polio victims. In 1955, there's the discovery of the Salk polio vaccine, and with this find, the machines known as the iron lungs are retired, except for a few that the hospital used for several years for the poor unfortunate ranch's children who were given a bad batch of the vaccine. By the late 1950s, the farm, dairy, and entire mental ward is completely shut down. The now 600-acre property is now divided and sold off. In 2006, a group of Marines were in one of the abandoned buildings. They were here for training purposes. They came upon an old freezer, and when they open it, they find a box. And in that box is mummified remains. October 5th, 2006, L.A. Times reports.
0: Decades-old body parts found in an abandoned Downey Hospital. No foul play, officials say when the Marines opened the ancient freezer in the abandoned building. Wednesday, they found body parts. The squeamish need to go no further. The macabre tale began Wednesday morning on the grounds of the Rancho Los Migos National Rehabilitation Center, the Notes County Hospital in Downey where a group of Marines were using abandoned buildings as part of a military experiment. The troops spotted a freezer inside one of the buildings. Upon opening it, they discovered a package full of mummified body parts.
1: Deeper into the article, it's revealed that the particular building they were in happened to be the Old Morgue. The coroner's office identified 10 legs, feet, brain matter, and a sealed biohazard bag. It was amputated in medical specimens, long since forgotten, not foul play. It's believed they are anywhere from 30 to 40 years old, possibly even older than that. Throughout the decades, there have been haunting tales coming from Hollydell. I found several online, which I will share, but before I do, I feel I must say, this is private property. Even though people have managed to find ways to get in, it's trespassing and heavy police activity is in the area. So please access don't go. As you are about to hear from some of these stories people share online, not only is it trespassing by entering, but you may encounter bums, homeless people, wild animals, asbestos, other biohazardous materials left behind from long ago, And some people say that parts of the area look like a fire took place. So fire damage as well. So unsafe all the way around. So you don't have to go in to get an encounter. Some people have reported driving past and hearing loud screams come from within the property. Now, who knows? It can either be paranormal or guess what? It could be a homeless person living there. A squatter. Hard to say. One person admits to knowing of trespassing and felt the whole time that they were there, that they were doing something wrong, they shouldn't be there. They just felt like they were being watched the entire time. Several people have heard the disembodied voice and scream of a woman. One eerie experience. Someone heard drums and chanting or praying, followed by a woman screaming. One person talks about growing up in Downey and how there are supposedly catacombs underneath the buildings where a lot of patients are actually laid to rest. This person put it plain and simple.
0: Pans the creepiest fucking place I've ever been.
1: Others have heard unexplained chime sounds, seen floating balls of light, doors opening and closing on their own, hearing unintelligible sounds, and seeing weird lights. Several people have reported seeing countless dead animals, including numerous cats, not just that they were there and died, but they're actually decapitated. Not surprised if some sort of satanic cult comes in and does rituals, sacrificing these poor animals. Seems like just the place to go to. One woman shares her experience. Upon walking in, she sees old patient files scattered all over the ground. And I saw this in several people's experiences being here. She went in the auditorium, which was a cleared out area. She comes back through shortly after and a chair is suddenly in the area that was just clear moments earlier. (gasps) But that's not the most intense part in this lady's adventure in the old asylum. Suddenly, a man with a crowbar comes running towards her and her friends, threatening them, yelling at them to leave. Probably a squatter. One group of friends witnessed seeing an apparition of a man disappear behind a pole.
0: In plain sight.
1: I read one experience which was really neat. What I believe to be a residual haunting. The people see a, quote, misty looking person coming towards them, pushing a gurney. I mean, what an incredible encounter. This was probably a nurse back in the day. One group of people were there taking pictures, and in one picture, there's the friend that the picture was being taken of, but behind that friend in the dark hallway, and they did post this picture online with their comment, you can clearly see this figure staring at the friend. Again, who knows if this is paranormal or some angry squatter? But I must say that there's times where I'm somewhere, like Tombstone's a great example, and I was there, and I was at Wanton Tarbell Mortuary, and I was taking pictures, taking pictures, and I'm kind of looking at them as it the, shows like the display for half a second before you, you know, are able to take another picture. I didn't see anything weird until I came back home, and all of a sudden I see these different things that look like almost like manifestations, and I'm not talking about what people like to call orbs. I, you know, for me, if it, there's a face in it, sure. But for the most part, it, it's a bug, but this was a clear man's face. So maybe these people, they were taking pictures and they didn't see this man standing right there. Because that would have been creepy as hell. Especially if it's a known place to have squatters. Who knows? Someone shares how he and a friend go to explore and he has to go take a piss. So he finds an area to conduct his business He looks around to make sure he's alone, and in midstream, he suddenly hears a whisper in his ear. And yet another group of people find themselves in the abandoned asylum, and while they were there, they hear footsteps storm towards them, but they don't see anything or anybody. They are basically chased out as they hear the footsteps rapidly closing in on them as they make their escape. And on more than one occasion, people have seen a man running down the hall only to disappear. One experience is extremely airy and more the reason not to come here. A group of teens go to check it out. They see broken furniture scattered everywhere, patient files littering the floor. They run into a group of four
0: shady weird fucking kids.
1: The teens group number one, okay, gets a weird vibe from the
0: shady weird fucking
1: kids group number two, which tries to take group number one somewhere to see something cool. A member from group number two then proceeds to take a six-inch Bowie knife out and puts it right near the face of a group number one-er.
0: Cool, huh?
1: Group two leaves, and group one has had just about enough. They want out of here. This was just too weird. They make their way to the roof where there's an escape route. What happens next is beyond words, if this really did happen.
0: There's about 15 hooded people sitting in a circle up there surrounding a burning cat or some other dead animal. These motherfuckers are talking in tongues and just making noises, which seemed satanic. As we are getting down, these motherfuckers start sprinting towards us.
1: I mean, first the encounter with the four shady folks, right? Now this satanic group with the poor burning animal. They've definitely had enough. At this point, they don't care about being busted by the police. In fact, I'm sure they wouldn't mind some authority presence here. And as they run away, they're being chased. They say that sirens come their way and the cops chase the satanic folks away. Group number one, will they get away?
0: Honestly, I can say it was the scariest experience of my life.
1: I tell you, that's scary shit. If that legit happened like that, that's terrifying. I've had scary encounters with human beings. They scare me a shitload more than ghouls, specters, ghosts, phantoms, wraiths, whatever you want to call them. And here's one final story. However, this one differentiates from the others Like the Marines, this one too was not some trespasser, but it was an actual police officer. He was there one day for training purposes. He is on the second floor when he comes upon a little girl with solid black eyes. He approaches her. He asks her why she's here.
0: What's a little child like you doing in a place like this, sweetie?
1: She starts to anxiously clap her little hands. As she does this, the officer's flashlight goes off on its own. He admits that when he showed any type of fear or discomfort, the girl would laugh manically. (laughs) Upon doing my research for this episode, I came upon a disturbing page. Now, warning, this may not be appropriate for some, the easily queasy, or if you're in the middle of eating a meal. With that being said, the headline screams, has an e cannibal restaurant been discovered in Los Angeles? According to slightly shocked Americans, an advertising site for one wonderful super e restaurant in L.A. has appeared on the network, which, as it turned out, has been operating since 2015. The institute is called the Hollydell and is dedicated to the action of the institution, which is called Cannibal Cravings. The restaurant introduced us to the following. Established in 2015, the Hollydell is a purveyor of the finest human flesh, harvested fresh from only the most attractive, willing donors, skillfully and reverently prepared by world-class master chefs. The restaurant and staff are privately owned by Karina Bellinoff, daughter of Somerset Bellinoff, Countess of Banbury and Aron. Karina frequently travels to Los Angeles to ensure the Hollydell is always in tip-top shape. An exceptionally talented concert-level pianist, she's been known to deliver a surprise performance from time to time, entertaining guests at the Hollydell Torso Room. Due to California licensing restrictions on the transport of human organs, we cannot allow guests to take food out to the restaurant. All half-eaten food is repackaged and transported by licensed personnel to charitable institutes such as shelters or orphanages. Then below the article was an actual menu, like baked oysters, tasty tongue, hearts of fire, salted brains, Tokyo-style kidney pie, and so many others. It's disturbing, and it's disgusting to say the least. So I looked a little further into this, and... I still don't know if it's actually 100% legit, but on Twitter, there's an actual page dedicated to this horrendous establishment. People saying how they ate witch one night, always thanking for the sacrifices. Never know what kind of shit I'll run into when doing research for an episode, and this is way up there. Like, need a ladder. Way up there, bizarre shit. Like a bad joke, but possibly might be true. I mean, honestly, you would think this would be illegal, serving human as the main course in a restaurant, even if they are
0: willing participants.
1: Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Haven't haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can hit up any of those podcast platforms, such as TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Spotify, wherever you may roam to listen to your other spine-tingling podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers Podcasts looking in the background. This week's special city shout-outs go to Layton, Utah, Patterson, New Jersey, Lowell, Massachusetts, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Wollongong, Australia. Thank you guys. It's always appreciated. Thank you so much for taking time, stopping by and listening from wherever you are to whenever you're listening. It's greatly appreciated. Be sure to check out the newest episodes every single Monday. Haven't missed a week yet and don't plan to. Would you like to be a voiceover for a future episode? Do you have a local haunt in your area that you think would make a great episode? Have a spooky story to share? How about a legend? local myth whatever you want to talk about you can email me at paraprowl at gmail.com see you next week